Are you constantly thinking of what others think about you? Do you find yourself worrying about every little decision or stressing about the sheer volume of things that you have go going on and things that you have to just get on with, but there's something blocking you and you can't quite figure out what it is? Well, I have really good news for you. Um, it's to just stop giving a fuck, right? Um, just a quick apology for swearing so much in this episode. It's going to be unavoidable because this is about Mark Mason's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And yeah, sorry if that offends you. You can skip this episode if it does. Apologies. Um, so The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is the perfect example of cherry picking what you like and choosing to laugh instead of allowing the things that the author writes about to bother you. Um, I honestly reckon that everyone will find some kind of problem when they read this book because Mark Manson, you know, the way he writes and the stories he shares are they're abrasive, they're rude, they're cringy, to be honest, um, and potentially even misogynistic. But yeah, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a I'm an alpha bro dude kind of energy. Uh, but if you look beyond that and in itself choose to not give a fuck about the guy's personality or writing style, there are a lot of really refreshing perspectives in here that I believe a lot of people need reminding of, including myself. And I find that this is one of those books that allows you to discover other concepts and books. You know, he speaks a lot about Buddhist concepts and Stoic concepts. So it gives you a chance to explore further. And at its core, there are some great lessons and reminders inside this book. Uh, for example, I'm going to talk about the, the feedback loop from hell. So yeah, um, as you know, this podcast is centered around the idea that you should never open a clinic without fully understanding what it takes. Um, to give you context about this book uh, and my career in general, um, I graduated back in 2017. I read this book in early 2018. And so I was about six or so months into being a clinic owner and I've, I reread it for this podcast in the same way that I have with all the other books I'm going to do and have done so far. Um, it's taken me about five hours to do each of these episodes, um, 10 hours for the last one, we did two books. Uh, so if you could please do me a favor, please leave a five-star review. It tells me that you're enjoying this kind of thing and you find it valuable from these kind of episodes. So yeah, thank you. And, uh, thanks for listening and let's get on with the episode, shall we? So, all right, uh, put simply, this book challenges our, um, our cultural obsession with constant happiness and explores how this pursuit for constant happiness uh, leads to increased anxiety and, you know, ironically, unhappiness. Um, in the perspective of osteopaths, we carry a lot of responsibility, don't we, right? From our patients' well-being and probably caring too much for their struggles to our own professional success and even um, financial stability, and in my experience, working with and speaking to all kinds of osteopaths, um, all at vastly different stages of their career, where I find that we're all looking for more meaning and purpose in our work. And that's why I focus on the word career so often is because osteopaths need to understand that you don't have, you know, a hobby or a side hustle or, you know, um, a job. You need to think of osteopathy as your career, right? Um, and so where I find Mark's insights particularly helpful is being able to find more meaning and purpose in our work while enjoying the journey, including its inevitable ups and downs. It's never as simple as we think it's going to be, uh, such is life. Um, so here are 
a few of those insights and I hope you find them helpful in the same way that I and other osteopaths that I work with have too. My email is always open. It will be in the description. I would love to hear your perspective about this book. I find it very polarizing. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, final thing is, as always, please read the book for yourself because I don't cover every single point that the guy makes, nor do I do with any of the books. Um, so yeah, go and make up your own mind. Uh, so first up for lesson one, we have Embrace the Negative. Okay, so um, Mark Mason argues that in our culture, we're often encouraged to avoid and uh, yeah, avoid negativity and avoid discomfort at all costs. However, this constant pursuit of happiness can lead to unrealistic expectations and um, paradoxically more unhappiness. So going back to the feedback loop from hell that I was talking about, this concept happens when something bad happens to you, you feel really upset about it, and instead of calming down, you make yourself even more upset by thinking about it a lot. And this makes you do things that are not good for you, you know, like losing sleep or getting angry at others, lashing out, taking things out on yourself as well. These actions make your life worse, which makes you think you were, you know, you have a right to be upset in the first place. This keeps happening time and time again and, you know, making you feel even worse over time. And to stop it, you need to notice the pattern, change your thoughts and make better choices. So as osteopaths, we have our fair share of challenges, right? And whether it be with the realities of running a small business, being self-employed, tricky patients, online debates about what osteopathy is or what it isn't, which we're not going to get into, um, you have the you have the choice to decide what matters and what doesn't matter. And as always, I'll try and be as practical as possible and give you an example about embracing the negative and we'll we'll talk about marketing, right? So when you're looking to embrace the negative with marketing and trying to get new patients through the door, we all understand the feeling that when we try some form of marketing and it doesn't work out in the way that we expected, um, that that that's an issue. That's a you know a feeling that we all that we've all felt right. But here's the here's the twist. Uh, Mark Mason suggests that instead of seeing these as setbacks, we should embrace them as opportunities to learn and grow. This concept is nothing new if you're in any way familiar with stoicism. Uh, but it um, but just as we you know we we always aim to. Um, refine our hands-on osteopathic skills, for example, by tackling forms of uh, pain and difficult patients, we, we, you know, we can apply the same approach of always wanting to refine our hands-on osteopathic skills and, um, and everything else to do with being an osteopath um, with how we go about marketing. So take, um, I'll try and use like a really common example of people who felt let down by marketing at some point. Um, I'll talk about leaflets, right? So take leaflet drops, for example. One question I always ask, ask osteopaths when it comes to marketing is what efforts, what marketing efforts have you tried in the past? And can you please explain to me what went well and what didn't go so well? One that very often comes up are leaflet drops, right? So they'll say something like, I tried it, nothing came of it, so I haven't done it since. The first point is to first know that the average leaflet drop success rate is about 0.5 to 1.5% or something like that. It might even be less than that. 
Um, and they are incredible at gaining attention of the person flicking through their mail, which if you knew that going into it before you got started, you change your expectation to match that, right? Um, and the second point is that in the same way when it comes to refining your osteopathic skills, you must have the same mentality of considering what went wrong and then thinking about what could be improved. And, you know, by doing so, we're able to test, retest, compare the results, refine, and ultimately uh, find a better way and 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 become more effect, effective in uh, attracting the type of patients that you want in your practice, right? By embracing the negatives when things don't go as expected. You don't give up. You embrace it. You see it as a chance to to, to learn and develop and grow. And then you can try again and see, compare and contrast compared to the previous result, right? Um, with embracing the negative as well, Mark explains that only people, um, the only people living problem-free lives are people who are dead, right? Um, again, this is another example of Mark's attitude in the book, uh, but he makes a, uh, he makes a good point, in, in my opinion, that everyone has problems and that problems never go away because they're just being replaced by other problems. When you figure something out, there will always be another problem that you've got to deal with. And the, the, the key is to become a better problem solver, which allows you to deal with these problems more efficiently and um it'll you know by becoming a better problem solver it'll allow you uh, it allows those problems to be replaced by better problems ones that you actually care about and which leads me on to my next lesson here um very well uh which is actually to choose your values wisely so the second lesson in the book is a in my in my opinion a pivotal lesson because it's it's echoed throughout loads of things that i that i talk about um it, which is the importance of choosing our values carefully and living um, as closely aligned with them as possible. So as osteopaths, I believe that it's crucial to identify the values that drive us and, and what we allow to give us direction throughout our career. Uh, a great way to help discover your values is to is to think about a great quote from the book, which is, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. And so once we've discovered our values, or at least a, a good foundation of them anyway, we should strive to center our career around them. When you know your values and um, yeah, when you know what you stand for, you know what actions you need to take. And when we live in alignment with our values and we take our values seriously and we say yes to the things that align with our values and we say no to things that do not, our work becomes so much more meaningful and purpose-driven and this echoes ideas that we explored in, in the last episode, episode four, when I spoke about Simon Sinek's Start With Why and Find Your Why. So go and listen to that in more detail. Uh, but here's the general summary in relation to Mark Manson's book is that your, your values act as your compass, guiding your decisions and actions. Again, what's important and what isn't, what you should say yes to in alignment with your values and what you should say no to because they go against your values. And so as osteopaths, if you want a genuinely fulfilling career, you, you need to know your values. You need to know why they're important and what you're willing to struggle for so that you can let those values and those struggles um, you want to take on be the cornerstone of your actions, your practice, and your career overall. And I absolutely promise you that once you understand your values, making your dream career possible look hell of a lot more real and possible than what it does for you right now. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to lesson three now, shall we? So lesson three uh, that I've taken away from the book is to take total responsibility for your life. 
Now, when when I read this, I immediately think to Jocko um, Willink's um, Extreme Ownership book, which I'll cover in a future episode. Uh, spoiler alert, he, he's not in the top 10, but his book is great, and I will be covering it um, later, depending on how many... How, how much feedback I get from these initial 10 episodes is going to depend on whether I do another 10 or um, wh whatever the future of this podcast is going to look like. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll link to, I'll put a link in the description of his TED talk, which is very inspiring as well. Go and watch that. Um, and I believe he's more qualified to talk about extreme ownership than Mark, but it's still a great point, which is to always take full responsibility for your life and your actions. Now, it may sound simple, but it relates to every single corner of your life, including your career as an osteopath, right? I mean, I could take you, I could really take you all over the place um, with this. Um, so, you know, from always starting and finishing your appointments and patient notes on time, you know, never taking your work home with you, setting up multiple marketing methods so that then if one outside of your control fails, you then have more setup to be able to keep your new patients um, being able to attract new patients and, and bring bring uh, people back into your practice as well. Uh, developing and nurturing your business-to-business -business relationships. Uh, developing your treatment room skill set as well, whether that be hands-on skills or your communication skills, etc. Um, asking for what you need from your principal as an associate. Uh, being a, a better principal for your associates. Never squeezing in patients. Um, if it's at your detriment, of course, saying no to things that don't move your business forward and things that aren't important to you. You know, we'll be here all day if I continue, but you, you get the overall point is that we must take ownership of our career, of the decisions that we make, of the actions that we take. Um, only you can change it, your career, the actions that you take. Only you can choose how you respond to every single problem. If you're not where you want to be, how can you change it? How can you take ownership and take action to change it, to get where you want to be in the next 12 months? You know, as osteopaths, I believe that um, our success, whatever that looks like to you, regardless, hangs on our ability to navigate the complexities of our profession with intention and decisive action and so um I'll, I'll try and make that a lot, a lot more simple again trying to be as practical as we can if you're if you're looking for a way to get started with ownership right distance yourself from the problem that you're facing by asking yourself how will i feel about this problem in 10 years from now okay so that's how you can start to take responsibility for how you react and how you respond to every problem Distance yourself from it. How am I going to feel about this 10 years from now? It's probably going to seem pretty insignificant and it'll just give you that time just to calm down and move forward in a, in a much better way. You know, I feel like there's a whole episode in, in this one lesson, but I'll I'll move on for now because I'm trying to keep these episodes to about under half an hour or so, um, which is why you should read the book. Um, so the fourth lesson revolves around a, a total mindset shift in how we approach problems and challenges in our life and career you know the the core idea is to not completely disregard or deny any of our problems but rather to change our perspective and attitudes towards them that's the the synopsis really um so yeah the, this fourth lesson you know 
based around this total mindset shift with how we approach our problems, he suggests that we should, and Mark being, you know, he, he, he suggests that we should be hyper-selective about where we invest our emotional energy. Or as he puts it, um, you only have a certain number of fucks to give, right? We all have a finite amount of time and emotional capacity in our lives, in our day-to-day -day life as well. And so it's important for you to prioritize what genuinely aligns with your values and your goals, like I said before. Um, and instead of getting bogged down by every little inconvenience or issue that, that comes your way, we should focus on what truly matters, which going back to uh, that great quote in the book, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. And I really want you to think about that over the next week or so. Who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. You know, Mark says that these things that we're willing to struggle for uh, show what really matters to us. It, you know, making our lives more honest and meaningful. And he, he suggests that focusing on more important goals that might be tough are definitely worth the effort rather than focusing and going for easy and shallow uh, pleasures, you know, things that are easy and, you know, make you feel good. You know, you should go for the tough thing. Um, and, you know, when we face these tough times, we become stronger, our characters grow, our resilience becomes stronger, we, we're able to discover our true selves. And it's about taking responsibility by facing difficulties and coming out stronger, um, shaping our identity, right? Uh, through struggle, through the struggles that we choose to take on. Um, Ryan Holiday has a fantastic book about this called The Obstacle is the Way. Um, so again, this book does focus quite a lot around stoic philosophy. So uh, yeah, and actually I'm going to talk about more, more um, stoic philosophy in, in this book as well, in this um, episode as well. Uh, in lesson five, which is embracing uncertainty. And this is probably my favorite lesson from Manson's book, uh, probably because I'm a, I'm a pretty big Stoicism fan in general anyway. Um, it revolves around embracing uncertainty. And I, I was thinking about this, I was reflecting on this as I was, uh, as I was preparing for this episode. Um, as osteopaths, we, we often grapple with the unknown, don't we? The, un the uncertain. And when I was thinking about this, the I was thinking that the, the perfect example of this as osteopaths, you know, we grapple with the unknown for me, um, came when I was, um, you know, in, in, in the same way, um, as most final year students feel, um, I was scared, anxious, and nervous of the FCC, which, um, it's called many things around the world. So it's the it's the exam that you take in your final year where you treat a real member of the public. You know, they could walk in with anything and you're going to be examined on it. That's, you know, the FCC. Um, uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, that, that's the FCC. You might call it something different, but you get the idea. And, you know, anyone can walk in with anything. And one of my amazing lecturers um, while I was at university, I really hope that she still works there um, at the Swansea Student Clinic. Uh, because she is the embodiment of embracing uncertainty and being calm, no matter what's in front of you. Uh, Denise Humphreys reminded me, uh, reminded me and everyone, uh, you know, in my year who was worried about not knowing who's going to walk through the door, that we we do an FCC multiple times every single day that we're in clinic, um, and you know that we we pass the majority of the time. We don't know who's going to come through the door. 
on a normal day, even when we're not being examined. And so just because we're being examined on it shouldn't then necessarily mean that we should be nervous about it because we actually face uncertainty every single day just so you're going to be examined on it. And it's the same thing with our with our career, you know, that, that idea of anybody could walk through the door um, will continue, you know, and you'll continue to not know who's going to walk through that door for the rest of your entire career, right? So we, we, we face uncertainty every single day that we're at work. And so uncertainty is, you know, it's, um, it's part and parcel of our profession, isn't it? So you think that we're pretty good at handling it as a profession, but, you know, all of us stress about getting new patients. And that's uncertain, isn't it? Um, of course, there's a, there, there's a logical answer for how do you get new patients through the door that addresses this 100%. But when it comes to this book, Mark's point is to embrace uncertainty and to take action on reducing the uncertainty. Because as we know from the last lesson, it's ultimately our responsibility to make sure that we have multiple ways to attract the type of patient that we want to treat and that we we have to accept as individuals that we cannot control everything, but to focus about how we respond to uncertainty. And I'll, you know, I'm making another promise to you, but I, I truly believe that if you really take action on this, this will happen to you. And that's because I've seen it time and time again, if you take total responsibility and embrace what is not in your control, you will become a better problem solver, which is a fundamental skill for all osteopaths to have as practitioners. You know, we're all problem solvers, we're all detectives, as we're told, right? And I'm telling you that if you become a better problem solver, um, that is a fundamental skill to have as a small business owner. The better you are at solving problems, the easier it will be to tackle the everyday uncertainty that you're going to have as a business owner. Things are going to go wrong. And it's all about how you respond to it and how you bounce back and how your actions are um, able to get you past that problem. And like I said before, you know, problems don't go away. They're just replaced by more problems. So we have to become really great problem solvers. And and being an osteopath, we um, and we don't come together to talk to you know to speak enough about this as a profession, and we should be talking about it, especially to students. Um, being an osteopath requires you to experience a lot of uncertainty, and so it's something I believe we need to get better at and be more transparent about, so that then we can help everybody learn as a collective. And this is you know. I'm going to try and not get too far off point here, but the but osteopaths' mission is to bring osteopaths together to plan, build, and grow your dream career, and that cannot happen if we do not become transparent about the realities of being a clinic owner, the realities of having a career as an osteopath, and if you don't, the 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 more doors that are shut. With, you know, when we're trying to speak to osteopaths, you then go, I don't want to talk about that. They're shutting the door on progressing our our profession. And so I absolutely urge you, and maybe this is another part of the, the podcast that I would like to do. I would really love to be able to have proper, candid, eye-opening conversations with osteopaths who, it doesn't matter what stage of your career you're at, I would love to be able to talk to you about um, your your highs and lows and how you have built resilience over time and um, the the ways that you're able to overcome things because I I've had this idea for a long time 
I genuinely believe that there is no problem that you face as an osteopath that another osteopath hasn't already faced. And even if it's not another osteopath, there is an answer within these books that I talk about. And you can buy these for 15 quid, right? To unlock um, and find these answers that, that you're looking for, somebody has the answer. You are not the first person in the world to um, face this issue. And so if we open our doors as a profession, we will be able to come together, move our profession forward, not just from a grassroots growth, but from a national and an international point of view as well with awareness and recognition and stance and authority as well. We will have more confident osteopaths. We will have a much more cohesive identity. You know, even if we do disagree on points, we can still disagree, but still move forward together instead of having this quite frankly, bullshit, such polarizing opinion of what osteopathy is. So the answer is more collaboration and less bitching. That is the the main point here. Anyway, I'm going to get off my, my soapbox. I'm going to, uh, before you go, um, I have something I would really like to share with you. So thank you if you've gotten this far. I really appreciate you. Rereading these books and getting your feedback has just been beyond amazing so thank you if you have emailed me or left a five-star review and if you can it would be great if you could leave a five-star review it tells me that you're enjoying what i'm talking about and what i'm trying to do here bringing osteopaths together share share what we know learn together grow together um so yeah please email me with your insights about this book it is polarizing i would love to hear from you classic example of don't judge a book by its cover um, even though there are some things in here that I do disagree with, but there are plenty of lessons in here that I do agree with plenty. And that is stark reminders of, you know, life is finite. You really need to be able to prioritize your life um, in, in the ways that truly matter to you. Uh, so I hope that you found these insights as valuable as I did. Remember to focus on what truly matters, right? Discover your values, refine your values, take extreme responsibility for your actions, embrace the uncertainties. And I promise you, there I go with the word promise again, but I promise you, your career will thank you for it. All right. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers.